Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Itziers. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Itziers, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick. Yay! At this time, I would like to remind everybody that you are listening to jradio.com. If you would like to listen to us on the telephone, you can listen to us by dialing 712-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. The number to call after the show, after the story that is, to tell us your name and what lesson you learned in tonight's story is 718-683-5858. Very good, Yossi. And, of course, if you'd like to listen to us live or on the archives, you can call 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506-9099. And just follow the menu if you want to listen to us live or follow the archives. I would also like to take this moment to remind you that J Radio can definitely use your donations. So, the address is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And if you would like to text in to ask for information how to sponsor or to how to advertise on JavidRadio.com, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you would also like to suggest a story for me to tell, and you'd like to give over all the information and all the details of it, and uh, or possibly the source for it, you may also text in 347-927-8398, and it will be forwarded to me. Yes. Okay, my turn, Rabbi Herbs. Okay, if anyone is looking to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either storytelling, kayak from the Mayach, extreme martial arts demo, uh, you know, whether it be for, uh, you know, of a subordinate program, uh, uh, your, your yeshiva, your banos, your base yakov, whatever, your school, a private party, or a day camp, a bungalow colony, or sleepaway camp. So, of course, the number to call is 718. 718- 375-1294. That number again is 718-375-1294. Also, you should be aware, if anybody's interested uh, for information about art lessons, martial arts lessons, you know, perhaps karate, uh, private karate lessons, Qigong energy lessons, and so on, uh, you could call also 718-375-1294 for more information. And please be aware that Rabbi Erbs's books are still available in your local farm store, along with many of his CDs and a new one, too. And for those CDs that are not in the stores, you could call Rabbi Yitzhi at 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to send you a complete list, either by email or fax. Wow, did I get everything in? I think so. I think we can now start our story. It's very possible that I may have said this particular story a long, long time ago, or maybe not so long, long time ago. But one thing is for sure, 
the story that I am telling, I saw this in a different safer, so it's definitely somewhat different than the way I told it the first time I told it. Well, if you remember uh, the old time that I told it, uh, then you'll be able to see the differences. And if you don't remember the old story, then uh, no problem. You'll enjoy the story just the same. And if you do remember the old story, and then I guess we'll uh, enjoy it uh, even better, and we'll see what you remember, what you don't remember, and we'll also get to see, yes, that's correct, how many differences there are. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you said that before I had a chance to. Okay. All righty, so I guess I am ready. And so am I, because if I know this story... Uh, you don't have to interrupt if you don't want to. Uh, oh, that's an interesting thought. Okay, all right, whatever. Okay, so, uh, ahem, ahem, no, Rabbi Herbs. What, what? Ahem, what's the ahem? Uh, don't you have to clear your throat before you start a story? Ahem, uh, <coughs> what makes you think that? Okay, anyway, so here we go. Ready? So this story happened in the times of the great Sadiq, the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe, known as Rabbi Shmuel, or Rabbi Shmuel, or Rav Shmuel. And he was also known by the acronym, uh, you know, which they put his letters together, and it had an abbreviated, uh, whatever you call it, the acronym, uh, combination made a word, Maharash. And Maharash stood for Moreno Harav uh, Shmuel, okay, of Lubavitch. I and, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know who his father is. Really? You know who his father is? You mean you met his father? Really? That's interesting. When did you meet his father? <laughs> I didn't meet him, but I know who he is. Uh-uh, you know, because you read about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His father was the third Lubavitcher Rebbe. And uh, he was uh, known as the Tzemach Tzedek because he used to have the Shilas and Chuvas and things like this, and he wrote a, a, a Sefer and everything. Uh, uh, you know, what they, I, I think... Uh, 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 it's called Semach Tzedek. Right. That's why he was known by that name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so um, you're going to tell a story about the Maharash? Yep. I'm going to tell a story about the Maharash. Uh, there are a lot of stories about him, but I'm going to tell this particular story that I just saw very recently in a safer, and I liked it very much. And we're right before Rosh Hashanah. Ah, are you doing chazonis now? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, so, uh, okay. So, uh, um, uh, this story. Yes. You, uh, I was about to say. About Rosh Hashanah. Right. So, Rosh Hashanah, you know, we have a lot of tefillahs and things like that. And this year, because of the coronavirus, so uh, some shuls may, depending on, you know, what the situations are, some shuls will be cutting out a lot of the yitzris, the special kapitlach that they say by the chazoras shots and things like that. But I'm not here to go into those details. 
I just want to tell you that Rosh Hashanah is a time that you should increase your tefillahs and your bakosha is the desires that you have. I know, so we can feel closer to Hashem because, you know, if you're good, then Hashem will want to answer your tefillahs a lot more and he'll take care of you even when you don't realize it because he's a gaimel chasadim taivim, right? That's right. You got that right. No question about it. Okay, so now that we got that straightened out, uh, uh, you're not going to tell them a little more about the Maharaj? Well, like what? Uh, like he was born in the city of Lubavitch, which is in white Russia, you know, Belarusia, whatever they call it. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, not part of the necessary of the story. Uh, but you're not going to tell that he was like the youngest of all the... Rebbe's, I mean, I'm sorry, not the youngest Rebbe. I mean, I mean, he was the youngest. You're trying to say that the Tzemach Tzedek had seven sons, and he was the youngest of the seven sons. Right. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now I remember why I started getting confused, because I remember that he was the youngest of the seven sons, but at the same time, usually the oldest one uh, becomes uh, the next Rebbe, usually, no? Uh, yes, but no, not in this case. Well, you see, the other brothers, they were very Hashem people. They were big Talmidi Chachom in their own right. They were great people. Don't get me wrong on that. They were definitely great people. Uh, but it happens to me is that uh, good old uh, Shmuel, he was more uh, like, he didn't uh, show how great he was. He learned and everything, and he did a whole bunch of things. As a matter of fact, I think if I remember correctly, I know what you're going to say. Like when he was seven-year-old, he know a lot of stuff in shots, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, anyway, so uh, uh, what's the part that you want me to add? I'll explain why he became Rebbe if he was the youngest. Oh, that's because his father, the Tzemach Tzedah, which is obvious, was a great, great super tzaddik, and he recognized the greatness of his son Shmuel, and he knew his other sons were not going to object to it. And so therefore, uh, when he was age 32, he asked him to he asked uh, Shmuel, that is, to give a beautiful speech uh, about Hasidus, and he did. And? And that, a speech like that is usually only done by someone who's, who's a Rebbe. So it was pretty obvious that everybody got to understand that they were getting the hints. And then, of course, Reb Shmuel uh, himself was appointed by his father, the Tzemach Tzedek, to be the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe. Okay? And we're going to tell a story that happened in his time. Now, um, in order to understand this story, you have to know what a handsome is. I know what a handsome is. Really? How do you know what a handsome is? Me. You're a handsome I'm a very handsome person. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 yes, yes. I don't mean handsome, as in handsome, as in a good-looking person. I'm talking about handsome. H-A-N-S-O-M. Oh, that's not how you spell handsome. You spell it H-A-N-D-S-O-M-E. Yes, yes, I'm not talking about handsome, the good-looking person. I'm talking about a wagon. Oh, so why don't you say, say a wagon? No, 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 because I'm not talking about a wagon. 
I am talking about a two-wheeler. Oh, a bicycle. Not a bicycle. Could you please listen and pay attention? Please? Okay. Well, in the olden days, some people were driven around if they could afford it or to, you know, get some honor or something like that. They were driven around in a thing called a hansom. A hansom was like a coach that had two wheels. It was connected to a horse, usually one. And they also there was a special seat connected to it from the outside where a driver of the hansom was driving on top. So that little little coach, with a two-wheel coach, which has a protection for the person sitting inside in comfort, and the driver will be on the outside. Well, why couldn't the driver be on the inside? Well, that's because if it was a rich man or a tzaddik and he was talking Torah, he didn't want to be disturbed from the outside sources. And if he's a rich man doing business, he didn't want to be disturbed from his business dealings. And he didn't want Badafka that the wagon driver should necessarily hear his business dealings. Ah, so they put him on the outside. Very interesting. I guess if it rained or snowed, he probably put up an umbrella. <laughs> Unless they just didn't travel then. Okay, now go ahead. All right, so let me tell you what happened. Um, there was this person who was an innkeeper. His name was Zelig. Zelig was an innkeeper. And so let me tell you about him. Naturally, the inn also served as a tavern. In Yiddish, they used to say a kretschmer. Okay, so anyway, so it served as a tavern and an inn. So, of course, that means not just Jewish people came. Many times, of course, Goyim came. Matter of fact, most of the business by a lot of these taverns were by Goyim. And they would buy drinks and schnapps and things like that. And let's take a, a typical look inside the tavern. Nobody knows. I'm drunk for a man to my itty bitty toes. Uh, oh, oh, you're right. I also drunk, but I'm not drunk from my toes to my nose. I'm drunk from my nose to my toes. <laughs> I don't understand. What's the difference? If I said, I'm drunk from my nose to my itty-bitty toes, and you say you're drunk from your nose to your toes, I don't get it. I'm drunk from my nose to my itty-bitty toes. And you said, no, you're not. You're drunk from your nose to your toes. I don't get it. I uh, just wanted to see if you're paying attention, because if you're too drunk, you wouldn't understand that I basically said the same thing you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Ah. <laughs> the honor. <laughs> Zelig is coming here. Hello there, Zelig. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, I'm doing well. And how are you? Uh, what was that word he said? Oh, yeah. Pokachem, Pokachem. <laughs> Pokachem, I'm doing well also. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, let me uh, ask you something. 
I'm going to pay you when the season comes that I could sell the wheat and uh, all the grains, okay? Why you say? Yeah, all right, I will trust your bodies this one time. Okay, here's your fifth drink or 14th drink. I lost count already. I have to write this down. <laughs> okay, uh, Lahaim. Yeah, we'll try him. <laughs> your stuff is good. That's why I come to you. Yeah. I'm sure that's the why you come to me. It's just simply amazing. I can't get over it. So many people, can I know how to poop, poop, poop. They come into my tavern, they come into my inn, and they buy drinks, they drink. Some people pay me, Baruch Hashem. If not for the people that pay me, I wouldn't have enough money to buy a new inventory. <laughs> but you know, hey, Kindle, what do you say? Was I right to give him a drink or not? Well, let's put it this way. If you didn't give him a drink, it was like a, a, a insurance policy. What? Insurance policy? What do you mean? Well, Boris, when he gets very drunk and he doesn't have his way, he gets wild and crazy. Yeah, that's right. He picks up cheese and throws it all over the place. Ah, uh, yeah, and he pounds on the table there. Uh, was it two months ago he broke one of our tables? Yes. And and he uh, was so angry the other time that I didn't want to give him a drink because he owed so much money. He picked up the table and threw it across the counter. Uh, that right? I remember that correctly. Is that what I'm remembering? Oh, yes. It's a good thing you ducked. Otherwise, who knows what would have happened. Listen, it's insurance. You have no choice. You have to give it to him. Okay? Otherwise, the damage he causes will cost much more than the drinks you are giving him. Okay? Uh, okay. Not a problem. Need no kind problem. And so what ended up happening was the time was moving on. The years would go by and the chavis from Boris would get worse and worse. Yeah, occasionally he paid up. And one year, he was building such a big bill. Hey, Eric, give me another drink. Come on, why take me so long, huh? All right, I'm coming. But you know, I hope you're going to have a great season with the crops that are growing. You're going to sell a lot of grain because you owe me a lot of money. This year, I think you drank more than any other year. Don't worry, I grow a lot of grain. I'm gonna pay you. Thank you, I. You okay? I'm gonna pay you. You're nothing to worry about. And so, sure enough, the weeks would go on, and the grain period came, and Boris did not pay up. He didn't pay up. And when Zella guessed his friends, uh, excuse me, uh, Peter, uh, your friend, uh, <laughs> Boris, uh, he didn't pay up. So since you're your friend and you vouch for him, maybe you could lay out the money until he pays up. What do you say? Huh? No, it's a great idea. I think so. So can you lay out the money? Yeah, <laughs> the money. I don't even know the guy. Not another guy. You told me you know him for many, many. Uh, many, many seconds I knew him. Yeah, I met him that day 
uh, in your tavern. Yeah, many, many seconds. I knew him for many, many, many seconds. You know, like maybe five seconds, ten seconds. Okay, so... Uh, but you said you, I knew him for years. Oh, no, you said that. Uh, I just said many, 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 and then you said like many weeks, uh, many years. Uh, what was it? And I just said, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean what you meant. I meant what I meant. Many seconds. I'm sorry. I ain't going to pay for him. <laughs> okay. Ivan, uh, uh, come here for a minute. Yes. What is it? What can I do for you? Uh, very simple, Ivan. Uh, your friend Boris, uh, you know, he owes me a lot of money, more than usual. And the season came uh, to sell the grain, and he hasn't paid me yet. So uh, since you vouch for him, so maybe you could lay out the money until he pays up. What do you say? Me? Lay out the money? He's not my friend. I hardly know the person. I didn't know the person. Wait a second. You vouch for him. You said he has good credit. You said he would pay up. I, I, I don't understand. There's a lot of things you don't understand. Don't you realize when friends owe money... They're no longer your friends. <laughs> so I don't know this Boris character. Sorry, no pay. Ivers, what am I going to do? I sprinter. I sprinter. I sprinter. I sprinter. Yes, Daddy. I sprinter. Can you call your mother? Tell her to come into my office down here. I need to talk to her. Very important. Okay, Tati. Thank you, Sprinter. And of course, Sprinter called the mother, and the mother came down. And the mother came into the room. Yes? What is it, Zelig? What's the matter? We have a problem. You know, Yamatevim is coming around, Rosh Hashanah is around the bed. We are Hoydish El, where we have to do tshuva and everything. We have to get better. We have to improve our meters, improve our learning Torah, mitzvahs, ma'ishim, toivim, etc., etc. Yes, and? And what I need to know is very important. Yes, what is it? What are you talking about? Well, you see, Boris. Ah, Boris, our insurance policy. Yeah, but it's not just insurance policy. You see, Boris owes a lot of money more than usual, and he hasn't paid up. And if he doesn't pay up, I won't be able to have Yontif and to get new inventory. It's going to be either one. You understand? Because he took an awful lot this year. And the grain season came, and he's not paying. What about his friends? They said that he he's good credit. Why don't they lend the money? They certainly are not his friends, okay? Uh, anyways, the problem is what we should do. Well... You could try going to Boris's house. You know what I mean? And go to his house and uh, just check it out. Okay? Now, if he's calm, you can ask him for the money. If he's not calm, then you'll come back a different day. Ah, that's a great idea. Hashem is Boris should help me. Right? Of course, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, very good. And so... He head out for Boris's house. Meanwhile, while he was gone for a pretty long time, his little kinderlach were home. And Sprinza, she was cleaning the dishes, but her brothers, Chaim and Dovi, 
Um, they were playing. Ha ha ha! I got you. Oh yeah. Okay. You got me this time. Okay. Uh. Okay. You run, and I'll try to tag you. Okay. I'm gonna run, and you'll try to tag me. <laughs> catch me, catch me, if you can. Wow, you jumped over the table. I didn't know you could do that, Dooby. That was pretty good. Thank you, thank you. And all of a sudden, while they were playing, they looked outside the window and saw something. Wow. Hey, Dooby. Yes, Chaim, what? Did you see that? Did you ever see something like that? Oh, you're talking about the handsome, right? Uh, yeah. Usually rich people uh, 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 use it. Yeah, but this one here is not being used by a rich person. It's cut inside <gasps> the Rebbe, the Maharash, Harav. Shmuel's inside. Wow. Well, you know, his health is not so great. He's suffering from a lot of different illnesses, and yet he's still a super tzaddik, you know. And uh, uh, he's accepting all these Yisurim Bahama. But the doctors say he has to get some fresh air and things like that. So his wagon driver drives him in his hansom uh, through the towns and things like that. And he's out on one of his rides. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Take a look. Um, uh, Chaim, do I see correct? He's stopping in front of the house. Yeah, he's stopping in front of our house. Oh, no, he's getting out. Uh, do me a favor, driver. Wait over here until I'm ready to go. Okay, let me go up to this house here. Let me knock on the door. Hello? Somebody's home? Uh, uh, uh what should we do? Bobby's not home. She's still shopping. Oh, but it's the Tzaddik. It's not a stranger. Oh, okay. Let's open the door. Shalom Aleichem. Hagoyim. Hagav. Hatzadik. Hagashmu. The Baharas. Um... Um, really, we're not supposed to open the door without Mommy and Tati is not home. Okay, so therefore, um, um, but we opened the door because we saw you from the window, and we know you're not a stranger. You're a very big sonic, and we know you, uh, 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 and sometimes our Tati takes us to your shul to dive and things like that. So we know you're not a stranger. So uh, what could us two little boys do? Uh, I see. And tell me. Uh, where is your mother? But, but our mother? Uh, our mother is, I'll tell you, our mother, uh, she went shopping. Uh, there's your father? Our father, um, he went to collect some chayvis, uh, from one of the people that come to his tavern. <laughs> okay, so, uh, that's where it is. Uh-huh. And where's your malamid? How did you know we had a malamid? Uh, never mind how I know these things. Just tell me, where is your Malamed? Our oh, Malamed went home for Rosh Hashanah all the way to the end of Sukkot. After Shemini Atzeris and Simcha's Torah, he's going to come back. Okay? Because 
he, he earns money from teaching us, and then he comes back home to support his family, and he enjoys the Amun Narayim and the Amun Taivim with his family. Very nice. So you're home alone. So what are you doing for learning? Oh, uh, 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 that's a very interesting question. And what is that noise I hear in the kitchen? Oh, that's Sprinza. She's like um, cleaning the dishes. Don't worry, she likes doing it. Okay, uh, uh, so uh, what were you saying, Rebbe? I was saying that uh, you look old enough to uh, know some Chimish. You know some Chimish? Oh, you mean Chumash? Yeah, yeah, you know Chumash? Uh, yeah, I'm sure we know Chumash. Actually, uh, um, we know uh, 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 a little bit of Chumash. Uh, our Rebbe explains us a lot of things about the Parasha Hashemua. Really does. That's very nice. And do you know how to read? Uh, yes, so we do. Right? Uh, right, uh, 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 right, do we? Don't we know how to read? Uh, yeah, uh, but, but, um, you're Dovey, and I'm Chaim. Oh, how you like that? I thought you were Dovey, but I'm Chaim. Um, Rabbi Herbs, it, it doesn't really matter, as long as one of you become Dovey, and one of you become Chaim, okay? Okay, um, I like the name Dovey, so I'll be Dovey, and you'll be Chaim? Oh, no, um, I was Dovey. And you be Chaim. All right. I'll be Chaim and you be Dovi. Well, that's so much better. Okay, I think. Anyways. It doesn't matter. So you know how to read? Can you read Tehillim? Uh, yeah, why? Did you know that if you say Tehillim, even if you don't understand all the words, but you have in mind that you want good things to happen and you want Hashem to answer your Tehillim, it's like taking a rifle and shooting uh, when you're hunting, and you're shooting, and you don't necessarily know how the rifle works, but you just follow the instructions and shoot the way it says, and then you could go hunting, but hopefully you won't go hunting. So why did you tell us the marshal? Yes, why did you tell us the marshal? That's because I wanted you to understand that people don't understand how the rifle works, but yet they'll use it. And so the same thing with the Tehillim. But the reason why I don't want you to go hunting was the Sar Balachayim. Okay? Anyway, so uh, what I want you to do, though, is uh, say when you read for me, we'll read it together, okay? What do you say? Wow. We're going to say Tehillim with the Marash. Woo! Okay. Let's go get the Tehillim. One second. Okay. Okay, I got the Tehillim. What, what page you on? Uh, let's turn to this one. Okay, ready? Are you ready? Uh, I guess so. I'm ready. Okay, let's go. All right, say it together with me. Shiramalois. Shiramalois, Shiramalois. Mimaki Kazikho Hashem. Kazikho Hashem. And of course, the Marash said that whole paragraph. And then he told the kids to say it also, by themselves. And he said, Wow, you do know how to read very well. Okay, Kinderlach, I'll be on my way. Okay? It was nice to speak to you. Nice to see you. 
and I want you to know, oops, somebody's at the door. Hey, somebody's there. Hello, Kinderlach, open the door. It's me, Mommy. Uh, coming, coming. Uh, hi, Bobby. Oh, hi, it's me. That sounded like Shmuel, the Marash. Don't worry, don't panic, don't panic. It's I passed by and I felt that you'd kindle a shtickle alone. <laughs> so therefore, I, I just wanted to test them, see how they how they read. They said something to him with me. It's very nice, very nice, very good. Okay, I, I'll be leaving now, okay? Um, all right, very nice. Uh, Kindlech, uh, did you offer the Rebbe something to eat or drink? Uh, Bobby, there was no time. It's all right, don't worry. I'll go now. And the Rebbe, the Maharash, walked over to the mezuzah and gave a kiss and was about to leave when he suddenly stopped and he said, Oh, Anshuldik, you know what? You kindle have said so much to him, so nicely. I think uh, we should say some more. What do you say? Oh, it'll be my pleasure to say to him with the, the Rebbe. I remember. When you say to him, you have a mind that Hashem should help us Eden and everything should go well. All right. Okay. Good idea. Yeah, I like that idea. Okay, let's get back to Tehillim. Okay, here we are. Okay, I opened it up. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, oh, the Rebbe is turning a page. I think we should say this one right here. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay, here we go. Ready? Ready. Ready. Okay. Here we go. Eshir lamalois, eso enai el hori, meai in your voice ri. Oh, eshir lamalois, eso enai el hori, meai in your voice ri. And of course, they said that capital also. And after they finished that, the Rebbe the Maharash, he got up. Ah, now I think I could leave. Baruch Hashem, you are a wonderful kinderlach. Remember, the power of Tehillim is tremendous. What is it? We're doing so great in the story, and you weren't interrupting until now. I realize you never said a name for the story. Oh, uh, well, you know what? We'll call it what the Rebbe Marash said, the power of Tehillim. Oh, that's a great name for the story, the power of Tehillim. Okay, back to being quiet. And back to telling the story. All right. Kinderach, remember, the power of is very great. Even if you don't understand how the tefillahs work, you say them and you have kavonis that you want things to go well and Klai should be saved and there should be no tzuris. Everything will go well. Okay? Okay. Okay. Um, remember. Remember, steig away. Make sure you're learning very geschmack. Very well. Learn well and practice your reading and take upon yourself to say to him. Zaygesund. And Zaygesund. And sure enough, the Rebbe Marash left. The clock was ticking. And the hours were going by. The clock was booming. Ooh-hoo, ooh-hoo, ooh-hoo. And hours were passing by. 
How far does Boris live from here? Do you remember? Not so far. Why? A couple of miles, maybe. But Tati can walk it. He walks a lot. Yes, I know. But he left quite a while ago, and he's still not back. Uh-oh. Do you suppose something happened? Yeah, maybe something happened to Tati. I hope not. I mean, I told him that if he goes to Boris and Boris is drunk and he's not acting normal, he should come back right away. And he should only ask Boris for the money if Boris is uh, calm and sober. But he's gone for a long time. Maybe some highway robbers robbed him on the way back because he had so much money. Yes, that's a possibility. But I hope that's not true. Uh, me too. You know what, Kindelach? Why don't you go to bed? And I'll wait up for Tati. But, Mommy, it's so hard to go to bed without knowing where Tati is. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have an idea. Uh, the Rebbe Maharaj gave us a great idea. Uh, Tati's not here. We'll say something to Hillam that Hashem should send him here. What do you say? That's a wonderful idea, Kindelach. Okay, and I guess it's a wonderful idea how you could fall asleep. Because you'll say it to Hillam until you fall asleep, or unless Tati suddenly pops through the door. And as the hours were going by, finally, finally it happened. There was a faint knock on the door. Ivey, someone's knocking the door. It's so late at night. Um, um. Don't worry, Bobby. I'll take this uh, uh, iron over here that's used to stoke the wood in a fireplace. If it's a robber, a bad man, uh, I'll bop him on the nose. <laughs> Wishful thinking, but uh, we try to look calmly and I won't open the door until I see who it is. Um, who is there? It's me. It's me. Open the door. Snell, fast, fast, fast. Quickly, quickly. Open the door, please. Open, snell, snell. Oi, it's Tanti, it's Tanti, it's Tanti. Oh, let's see, let's see. Come on, come on. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, climb, climb. Okay, okay, relax. Let's go, let's go. And suddenly, and suddenly, Zelig, he walked into the house, and he was like so exhausted, he just stumbled and fell on the floor. Hi, <laughs> it's me. He fainted. Uh, go get some water. Go get some water. Uh, okay, uh, but I'm not thirsty. Not for you. Just pour on Tati to wake him up. Oh, oh, okay, okay, not a problem. And sure enough, they brought water and poured it on Zelig's face. Oh, now you can bring me some water for me to drink. I am so thirsty. I am so exhausted. Starting to feel much better. Hi, hi, Zelig, Zelig, what happened to you? You were gone for such a long time. Did you go to Boris? Oh, yeah. I ran to Boris, all right. Now let me let me wake completely up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I'm awake. Maybe I drink a little more water. Ah, good, 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 good. Okay, that did it. 
And you know, maybe I have a stick of leg, you have a stick of honey cake or, or sponge cake or something. How about a piece of cookies cake? Ah, uh, that'll do, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, buddy. It was very nice. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, this is very good. Freshly baked. It's the COVID shop is calling this. Okay, no, no. So tell me, um, what happened? Well, you know, uh, you told me I should go there and see if uh, Boris is drunk or sober. If he's sober, I should ask him for the money that he owes me, right? Yes, yes, and, 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 and. And, 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 and. So I did that. I went over to his house and knocked on the door. He came to the door, and this is what happened. Ah! <laughs> well, <laughs> it's my old friend, the innkeeper, the tavern owner. <laughs> Zelig, my friend. <laughs> How are you? How are you? How are you? Eh, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. So what brings you to my house? Uh, first question is, I wanted to find out if you are drunk. Are you drunk? Me? Not yet. I mean, I'm soon going to be drunk, but uh, I'm not drunk yet. Uh, right? Uh, I'll come back in another time when you're sober to talk to you. No. I insist, Eric. You wait right here. Sit down here. Maybe we drink together, huh? No, no, it's quite all right. I, I, I'm not going to, 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 to drink, okay? I, I'm going to go now, and, and I'll come back later. No, no, no. You stay here. You sit right there, okay? And now, when you're sitting here, Boris sits right here. And now, Boris talk to you, and you talk to Boris. And Boris not talk to the wall, and Zelig not talk to the wall, okay? Uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, Okay, I just want to check how you are. I want to see if you're drunk. And since you are drunk, so I'm going. Bye. Hey, wait a second. You didn't come this far. I get drunk for so many years. You never came here to see if I'm drunk or not. You can tell Zelig what you want, okay? Why you really come here? Eh, uh, okay. You know, Zelig, um, uh, uh, I'm Zelig. I mean, uh, Zelig. Are you drunk too? No, I'm not drunk. Okay, so Zelig, tell Boris here. What you want? Uh, I, Zelig, will tell Boris what I, Zelig, want. Okay, here's why I came. All right, I'm listening. Boris give you the whole ear, okay? And the other one too, okay? So, tell Boris, good old Boris, you're sitting here, relaxed. <laughs> tell me, why you come? Anyways, you come to the tavern quite a lot. You drink quite a lot. Yes, you have best whiskey all around. So, what you want? Uh, I came here because, you know, you kept telling me you're going to pay me, you're going to pay me, and I give you credit, so sometimes you pay, and then you don't pay part of it, you pay something, and but this year you didn't pay any of it, and you told me you're going to pay when the season is for selling the grain, right? Yeah, that's right. And the grain season is now, and it's almost finished, and I still didn't get paid. Oh, oh! Okay, okay. Now I see. Ah, uh, you know, it was an oversight on my behalf. <laughs> I wanted to pay you. I just forgot. Meanwhile, this wasn't obviously true. Boris was saying to himself, 
he said to himself, oh boy, got big problem. I drank extra, extra more drinks this year than ever before. And I fixed up something on my uh, house. I don't have extra money for this Jewish man. Zelig, just a Jewish innkeeper. And if I don't pay him now, I come, I go him a lot more money. And then if I still don't pay up, gonna get very angry. Maybe go to the police. I know what I have to do. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he turned to Zelig and he said, Ha 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 ha! my dear friend! Ah, uh, listen to me. Uh, are you sure you're drunk? I can come back later. No! I owe you money. You're right. But you know, I forgot to go to the bank because I wasn't expecting you. But you're right. I got to pay you because if I don't pay you, I'm going to keep owing you more and more money. And it's going to get too much. And, and you might go to the police. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, but you know... If you pay me up, I won't have to go. <laughs> so you know what? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Like I said, I didn't have a chance to go to the bank. But in my barn, I have tons and tons of grain. Uh, I could, um, you know, pack up a whole bunch of grain and pay you with grain because you need grain anyways to cook, to bake, and turn it to flour, whatever, right? Yeah, I would take the grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but but I, I don't have a wagon. It's all right. I'll get you the grain. I'll lend you a wagon. You can bring up the grain to the house, and then you bring me back the wagon. Okay? So what do you say, huh? That's a very nice idea. I'm glad I thought of it. Yeah, you know what? I like it very, very much. It's a great idea. Okay, uh, so let's go to your barn. Are you sure you're not drunk? Hey, I'm starting to get drunk. But, you know, I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> that's a little hiccups. Nothing to worry about. You know, hey, a man like me who drinks for so long, you think one drink is going to make me drunk? <laughs> has to take about a hundred drinks. Okay, don't worry. Okay, come, let's go to the barn. All right, uh, let's go to the barn. All right. Here we are by the barn. Here we are by the barn. Hey. Okay, we walked there so fast we didn't even hear the footsteps. That's because we were walking on dirt. Ah, right, good point. Okay, open the barn. All right, I open the barn. <laughs> okay, barn is open. You go in first. Uh, all right, I go in. Okay, I'm inside. All right, now let me come in. All right, I'm in. And now, let me... What, what, what are you doing? What, what did you just do? Eh, eh, I'm closing the door. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, I closed the door. And that's that. Now, I lock it. Eh, what, what, what are you doing? Eh, what, what are you doing? I'm taking you, putting you against this beam over here. <laughs> this holds up the ceiling. <laughs> Ouch! I hurt myself. I'm supposed to hurt you. Let me do that again. <laughs> Ow! You hurt me. Don't worry. Uh, what are you doing? What, what are you doing with that rope? Oh, you want to play jump rope? <laughs> I don't do that. My, my daughter, Sprinter, she plays very good jump rope. She's a good jumper, you know. Now listen here. 
Stay against the pole so I don't have to hurt you. You mean like I should stand against like this? That's right. Hey, what are you doing? You, you, you're tying the rope around me. What do I think? I'm a yo-yo or something? Hello? 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 What are you tying me up for? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Listen to me. The problem is I owe you too much money. So and I can't pay it. And if you tell anybody else that I owe you money, they're going to come and arrest me and put me in jail till I pay you. And I can't do that. I, I won't, I won't, I won't tell the police. I won't, I won't. You know what, you know what? Untie me, let me go home. I'll forget all about what you owe me, okay? No, it's too late. Because then I'll have to come back to your tavern, and then I'll drink some more, and I'll work up a bigger bill. So I said, what do you want to do then? What do you want to do? What, what, what are you going to do, leave me tied up over here? No, 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 no. I'm not going to leave you tied up over here. I am going to kill you. See, I have an axe somewhere around here. And I'm going to take it, and I'm going to kill you with the axe. Why you want to do that? Uh, you use an axe to chop down trees, you know, and to chop logs into smaller pieces. That's what you use an axe for. Yes, that is true. That's what most people use an axe for. But me, on the other hand, that's not what I use an axe for only. I mean, I use it to chop trees and cut uh, logs, but I also use it to kill people. Why you want to kill me? Because if I kill you, then I don't owe you money, and then uh, you disappear. Nobody finds your body. They forget about you. The poets will uh, rent the Kretschmer to someone else, and then I can start a new credit, and if he doesn't act like a... What's that word you use? A, a mensch? Yeah, yeah, if he doesn't act like a mensch, then I kill him too. <laughs> hey, no, please don't do this. Please, you don't want to do this. I do. I do. I do. Now, where's that axe? I put it down here somewhere. I, uh, you know what? You're not going anywhere. No, no, I can't. I'm a little tied up at the moment. <laughs> ah, yes, I know. You know what? I'm going to look for... Oh, I remember where the axe is. It's near the edge of, of, where, of the, where the forest begins at the end of my, uh, of my farm. <laughs> I know why I have it there. I have it there because I was chopping firewood. All right. Uh, uh, you, you wait here. I told you I'm not going in as I'm a little stickle tied up at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you hang in there. No, 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 don't hang me. It's all right. I wait for you. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he went outside. And when he went outside, a few minutes later, uh, this guy, Boris's wife, she came in. Oh, my goodness, let me go inside here to the barn and get some grain so I can make some flour and we can have some supper. And oh, oh, what are you doing tied up against the baby? Is that you, Selig? Is that you? <coughs> uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, what are you doing against the beam? And why are you all tied up? Huh? What's going on? Uh, your husband, he tied me up. Oh, my goodness, that's not very good. Oh, no. Oh, no. I better get out of here. No, no, no. Not before you untie me. Uh, uh, why did he tie you up? Did he say? Yeah, he said, he's going to kill you. Uh, that's what he said. Oh, dear. Uh, you know, my husband is a very murderous type of person. Uh, 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 I better not interfere here. Uh, I'll be going. No, 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 no. You can't let an innocent person die. I mean, listen, I have a plan. It's very simple. Okay? You just came from the fields, right? Uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, you untie me very quickly. I will run to the forest, and you run to the fields. 
and then he won't realize that you're the one that untied me. You'll think I escaped by myself. Oh, that's so wonderful, so wonderful. Gewaldig, gewaldig. And so sure enough, she untied him. And of course, she ran to the field. And he ran into the forest. And he ran as fast as he could. And when he got into the forest, he was getting out of breath. My Weishmir, this is knocking my wind out. And not only that, from being so scared that I was going to die, Hasra Shulim, I don't have strength to go on. I'm very hungry and thirsty. But I, I, I can't eat now, but maybe I can rest a little bit. He's going to come looking for me when he realizes I'm, I'm, I'm not there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at these bushes. Oh, these broken bushes that fell down from the trees. And all these bushes here. I put this here. And put this here. And bring this here. Okay, I'm hiding on it. Hopefully he won't see me. Let me rest there. And let me be the spaller to Reboinish Lulem that he helps me. Reboinish Lulem, please save me from this ruche. And suddenly, suddenly, Boris came into the barn. Ha <laughs> ha! I got the axe! Okay, Jew, where are you, Zelig? I'm gonna cut you up. Eh, wait a minute. How could you get out? I tied you up. Eh, wait a minute. The rope is untied. How'd you untie yourself? And of course, he didn't suspect his wife, because his wife was nowhere in the area. Ah, uh, wait a minute. Let me look out the window and see if my wife did it. Why well, couldn't be. She's still out in the fields. She's still working the fields. No, she couldn't have done it. So who could have done this? Wait a minute. He escaped. Maybe I didn't tie the knots too tight. Let me go find this guy. Yeah. And so Boris went outside. He went to the left. He went to the right. And he was looking for Zelig. But he couldn't find him. Suddenly he went and decided... Maybe he ran to the woods to hide. Yeah! Let me go get him. I got my axe here. As soon as I find him, I won't tie him up. I'll just kill him right away. And as he was saying this, he was looking in the forest, and suddenly he stopped in front of the bushes where Zelig was hiding. And Zelig held his breath. Hey, Vesmir, don't, don't look this way. Don't pick up the bushes. Now, where could that Jewish person Zelig be? Where is he? Oh, Zelig! Oh, Selig, I'm all sober now. I changed my mind. I won't be killing you. That's what you say now. But you got an axe in your hand. I don't believe you. <sighs> Hope he can't hear me when I say this. Oh, I'm talking to myself anyways, so he can't hear me. <laughs> and after a few minutes, finally Boris gave up. He didn't look by those bushes for some strange reason. And he said, ah, probably got away. Now what am I going to do? Uh, I can't say anything to that Jew now. And I can't do anything now. And I can't show up. Because if I show up, you'll get the police on me. So I can't come to his tavern unless I got all the money to pay him up. And sure enough, that meant that this guy Boris would never come back to the inn. Meanwhile, when nightfall came, Zella got out of the bushes and he made his way home. And that's what he was telling over to his wife. And so that's what happened. And that's how I was saved. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kindleach, how many times did the Rebbe say to tell him? Uh, Bobby, he said it two times. Uh, yeah, he said it once and he was about to leave. Then he stopped when he kissed the mezuzah. Then he turned around and said, we have to say more to him. Eh? 
Around what time was this? And they told the time. And I raised me. That's when he took me out to the barn to tie me against the beam. And said to hill him, and you sat along with him. Wow, the power to hill him is great. Because all of a sudden the wife came in, and his axe wasn't there, and she untied me and I was able to escape. And then, when was the second time? Oh, you're out! That was the second time? Uh-huh. That was the second time. <coughs> Geraldi. That was when I was in the forest. Yeah. And then when I was in the forest, I went to hide in bushes. And he was standing right there. He almost found me and it suddenly turned around and he ran away from there. <gasps> wow, the power to heal him is so great. It's Geraldic. But you know, I learned something else. Besides the fact that we have to dive with a lot of Kavone, we have to work on our ways. So if I got punished over there, because I wanted to collect choivers, I could imagine how many choivers I have to the rabbinic shalaylam. What do you mean, Tati? Yeah, what do you mean? Well, um, 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 uh, um, um, let me, um, um, clear my throat, because I'm beginning to sound a little bit too much like... Like Boris. Yeah, one second. Give me that glass of water, chocolate water. Ah, that helped. <laughs> now I know why Boris talks like that. Because his throat is always clogged. It snaps, I think. Okay, anyway, so listen very carefully. I have a big cheshman and efforts. Yeah, and I know what you're saying. We, before Rosh Hashanah, and the Chodesh of it's the week of Slichas, we should be sitting down making a cheshman and nefesh and make sure that we pay up our chayvahs to the rabbinish item. What kind of chayvahs can we have to the rabbinish item? Like doing tshuva, doing more mitzvahs and maizim toivim, and correcting any bad way that we have or any bad midah. That's what it is. Wow. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do... Uh, I know what you're going to do. You're going to do the same meaning I'm going to do. From now on, every single day... We're going to say a couple of kapitlach to heal him. When we finish the whole cycle to heal him, we start all over again. I mask him. I mask him. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Okay, uh, that concludes the story. Wow, that really was great. Because if you did tell a story like that before, woo, I think this one came out even better. <laughs> if you ask me. <coughs> well, how would you know if you don't remember the other one? Uh, well, it just sounded so great. I didn't interrupt too many times. Good point. Yeah, I should use that as a good uh, way to check and gear my stories. Okay, good. Okay, so everybody, until next week, everybody have a wonderful Shabbos. And, of course, this week, Shabbos is uh, uh, the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And everybody should have a Kasiva Vachasima Toiva, a good Geben Shior. Everybody have a wonderful, sweet new year. Goodbye.